0: Okay. Today, my guest is Professor Ajay Gaur. I'll keep my introduction short to maximize our time with him. In the next 30 minutes or so, we'll talk about Ajay as a person. Professor Gaur is a thought leader and an esteemed scholar, and finally, is a mentor to many PhD students and junior faculty. For the sake of time, I'll skip many of his accomplishments and give you a very quick snapshot. Professor Gaur is an AIB fellow. Ajay has co-authored or uh, authored more than 75 journal articles, monograms, case studies, and book chapters. He works on strategic adaptation of emerging market firms uh, during institution transition, institutional distance between different governance environment, MNCs, ownership strategies, staffing strategies, entry choice uh, in international investments. He has received the Richard Farmer Best Dissertation Award in 2008, the SAMS AIB Best Dissertation Proposal Award in 2006, and the Temple AIB Best Paper Award in 2014. Ajay has served as the President of uh, the Asia Academy of Management for two terms and is currently serving as the Editor-in-Chief of the Journal of World Business and is a Consulting Editor for CIPS. Thank you Ajay for joining us.
1: Thank you Ilgaz. Again, you're doing a wonderful job uh, and thank you for your service to the IB community.
0: Thank you. Uh, Ajay, what did you want to become when you were a child?
1: You know, growing up in India, it was not really what you wanted to become, but what your parents wanted to become. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And my parents wanted me to join bureaucracy. Uh, I wanted to be an Air Force pilot, you know, in a socialist India of 1980s. There were just so few choices. And I thought, you know, joining Air Force would be an assured way for me to be able to fly in an aircraft. You know, (laughs) I was very fascinated with uh, those things. Uh, My parents did not approve of this, and I did not particularly like their ideas. So, you know, from that point on, uh, it was really not about what I wanted to become, but what I could not become, and what choices were left. uh, um, uh, But, you know, it's not depressing. I mean, it it was not any sad uh, affair. Uh, It has been quite a fun ride in eliminating uh, the things that you could not do because of, you know, your own uh, lack of uh, abilities or because of environment and so on.
0: And what was the worst uh, career choice that they told you that you should follow that you absolutely couldn't possibly do?
1: Uh, right. So you know, I so I should clarify they were not uh, very much. Uh, you know, uh, so bureaucracy was something that they wanted me to join. You know, sales services in India, but beyond that, they actually left me quite open to do the things that I wanted to do. So they did not, you know, push other things on me.
0: Okay, and how did you choose academia later on?
1: So both my parents were, you know, school uh, teachers. Uh, they retired at the school principals. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's some bit of, uh, you know, understanding of uh, what it takes to be a teacher, you know, from the very beginning. And I quite liked it, um, you know, what, what they were doing. Um, but, uh, but this came only uh, when I joined the MBA program at Indian Institute of Foreign Trade. Um, You know, IFT uh, as an institution uh, was more of a think tank of government of India, uh, specializing on issues such as, you know, trade negotiations with World Trade Organization and so on. And I quite liked it, you know, the global political economy issues and things that were discussed. So it was somewhat different, you know, than a typical MBA program. And uh, as I completed my MBA, did my summer training and so on, I again realized that, you know, this was not something I wanted to do in terms of joining a corporate. Uh, you know, so so at that point, I uh, you know wanted to stay at IFT and I took a teaching position uh, in the institution. So I started teaching at IFT, uh, and as, as you know, I started teaching, I realized that I had to do a PhD. So that's when I also registered for a, a PhD, um, actually in organizational behavior. Uh, again, because I did not you know understand the fields uh, in detail. I thought OB would be a very uh, interesting topic. but as I started doing PSD in OB again, I realized that this is not something that I wanted to do. You know, I got involved in some uh, um, uh, consulting projects for World Trade Organization, you know, exporting and so on uh, of Indian forms. and I thought IB was very fascinating. So at that point then, you know, I did complete my first PhD but then I applied for another one in Singapore and you know, that's where I uh, got really into academics and research and so on,
0: yeah. And where did you get your PhD?
1: In Singapore, National University of Singapore. That's where I got the second PhD. My first PhD was from School uh, of Mines in India.
0: Okay. And uh, about uh, so something that is not on your CV that people might find interesting.
1: Yeah, that's a difficult one. You know, I'm a very open person. My wife actually keeps blaming me. I mean, if it's not on my CV, it's probably on my website or my Facebook page, Instagram page and so on. But, uh, um, you know, I like uh, one of the things, and again, it might be very common for most people. I love all kinds of sports. You know, I spend significant time uh, watching them, you know, from um, American football to soccer to everything. Actually, oftentimes I have multiple screens open. Because, you know, if there are many games coming at the same time, I cannot let go of one against the other. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I love also love traveling, which I guess is you know true for most uh, AIB members. Um, during the pandemic, I started to learn flying. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, a few things, but otherwise I'm very you know, routine, regular person.
0: So this is through a simulator. Uh, is this how, how you do flying
1: now? No, I'm doing the you know those uh, um, single engine Cessna aircrafts. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But actually, my daughter pushed me to because she was very much interested into it. Um, Thirteen year that. old child, so she's learning flying, and you know I thought I should also learn if she's doing it, uh, and I find it quite you know <laughs> adventure type of uh, thing. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, uh, if you stop doing what you're doing today, uh, what's the second best career choice for you?
1: You know, At this moment, I don't know. There aren't many choices left, uh, you know, because of the path dependency. Um, but, uh, you know, if you take out the path dependency aspect, I think I would love to be uh, you know, a sports analyst, uh, uh, football in particular, in American football. I really love this game. You know, it's, it's so much of a strategy game as it is power game and so on. Um, and I think I could uh, really do uh, that job, um, you know, reasonably well. Again, more perhaps as a vocation than a profession. Um, I guess the other thing, again, you know, if you take the path dependency out, uh, would be uh, history. As a child, you know, I was very much interested in, uh, you know, history. Um, not necessarily by choice. I loved to read. You know, in my town there were no libraries, so the only thing really I could get to read were history books. And you know, because my parents were teachers. I could get history books for different grades, so they were like reading novel, and you know, um, and some of history is even you know fiction, depending on who writes it. So uh, you know, so I really became interested in uh, in history, and I think you know, if I if uh, um, if I have a choice or if I had to do something else, I'll probably want to become a history teacher in a school, perhaps even I don't know. Uh,
0: regrets? Have you got any regrets?
1: Ah. Uh, Not really, you know, I think I really enjoyed the things that I have done, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, again, you make those decisions at that point in time. uh, And in the hindsight, you can, you know, say that maybe I, I wish I would have, you know, developed some more deep hobbies, learned some sports more because I love them so much. Uh, But uh yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty happy you know, with the things that I've done. Not all choices have been uh, good choices, you know, so to your question, uh, perhaps having more focus, uh, you know, even in the work that I did, you know, from my undergraduation in mining engineering, then the MBA, then, you know, OBPA. So not all of that was necessarily, uh, you know, from career point of view in the same direction, but then, you know, I enjoy this randomness. So. I would not say that I regret those things, but perhaps having more focus would have helped me um, in some ways, but then certainly there would be costs of uh, having fun in life. Sure, so. Sure. Uh,
0: about failure, what did you learn from your biggest failure?
1: Huh. Um, so one of the things, as I said, you know, I have failed uh, is to become good at any sport I have played, You know, <laughs> despite having deep interest in uh, Uh, many things, I tried many things, um, and it was uh, difficult to accept, uh, you know, those failures. And I think that's also the biggest learning, you know, to accept uh, uh, and understand uh, my limits, uh, my boundaries, and, you know, enjoy life uh, uh, within those boundaries uh, of Uh, what I am capable of doing, what, you know, yeah.
0: About uh, last question in the personal uh, portion, Um, what are you most passionate about?
1: Uh, Yeah, that's a good one. You know, I think I I really love my work. You know, to be honest, uh, I spend quite a bit of time, uh, you know, doing the things that I'm doing. And and that's because, you know, precisely I really enjoy doing the things that I'm doing. Uh, Beyond that, you know, as I said, I spend a lot of time, uh, you know, watching and reading about sports, analyzing things, you know, every week before the next week's games start, you know, what should be the lineup in the NFL and so on. Uh, I also read a lot about you know global politics, uh, uh, which in fact is again related to my work, but uh, even beyond work, you know uh, the intersection of uh, different uh, aspects of global political economy, um, as they impact business. Uh, yeah, so I love reading. Uh, I love you know sports, uh, but uh, yeah. So uh,
0: let's talk about some research. Um, let's say you're stranded. Uh, in a small village and locals don't know anything about you. They are curious. How do you explain your research to people who don't read your work regularly? And how do you explain why your research is important?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, actually I do uh, this uh, this often because, uh, you know, a lot of my uh, friends are non-academic, you know, beyond conferences in my regular life. In fact, all of my friends are non-academic. Uh, so, this, this explanation uh, is often based on the context of the you know, conversation. You know, typically, the conversation will you know, start on uh, some issues uh, related to trade and you know, political economy, uh, you know, government shutdown, for example, the uh, you know, uh, expenses, uh, and so on um, at the government level. And then, depending on the interest of the audience, I will venture into uh, you know uh, some of my research. Uh, so, for example, if uh, you know I'm in a pub with unknown people, I would say that you know my research really uh, helps uh, understand what it would take to uh, grow the business of this pub. Uh, could this pub owner do some other stuff that would potentially attract a new segment of customers? Uh, could this pub owner open you know other branches in uh, neighboring towns? Uh, uh, and you know, can this model be replicated in other countries? And what would it take uh, for this type of pub or this business to succeed in another context? So, uh, so that is where I think the conversation will start uh, um, about my research. And obviously, these are important things because you know, in a pub, you know, it's important for that pub owner to make money.
0: Of course. Uh, so, Ajay, uh, about neglected elements in IB research things that we have covered, but maybe we need to cover more of uh, some of the omitted variables, things that we have understudied. uh, Yeah, yeah. But what do you think about them?
1: You know, IB research is phenomenon based. There has been a great deal of uh, work uh, on the context by IB scholars, but I think there's still a lot to do. Uh, I think the focus has been more on the external context. Uh, with the internal organizational context and uh, you know micro level of analysis uh, missing to an extent. Uh, uh, and this is because of many reasons. You know, the secondary databases on which we rely uh, have limited ability to offer uh, you know, more uh, nuanced, uh, if I could use the word, understanding of uh, the context. Uh, people do not have easy access to the inside of uh, you know, an organization. And as a result, we lack understanding, the pro- of, you know, understanding of the processes and uh, you know, mechanisms underlying the relationships that we, that we study. Uh, I think there's a great deal of a scope to make contribution if you're willing to you know, dirty your hands in uh, sort of uh, new data collection. Uh, and, and just broadly to understand the issues that we are studying uh, beyond simply looking at the data to find relationships. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as I said, beyond this, you know, IB is a largely uh, uh, phenomenon-based field, uh, and with the fast-paced, you know, technological changes, uh, artificial intelligence, blockchain, and so on, there are no dearth of, uh, you know, very interesting uh, uh, phenomenon to study uh, on any topic, you know, whether you pick up future of work, uh, migration, um, uh, global value chains, uh, reconfiguration of global value chains, and, you know even more fundamentally, the MNE as an organization itself. uh, What is going to be the future of MNE in this world where on the one hand, for example, technology is pushing us to become more globalized, um, but at the same time, technology is also enabling us to operate in the global environment without necessarily uh, being as globalized. You You don't have to have your employees at the same place in order to collaborate. We have learned that during the pandemic. So I think there are lots of, you know, very interesting, you know, IB is, I would say, in uh, golden period in terms of the type of things that we can study.
0: True, true. Uh, About creativity in research, uh, what does your mind think of when it wanders in a state of idle curiosity? And how do you come up with interesting uh, papers?
1: Yeah, you know, to be honest, (laughs) the luxury of idle mind has been really... (laughs) you know, rare. Uh, I often keep thinking about, um, you know, the projects that I'm working on, uh, the work that I'm doing with my co-authors, doctoral students, and so on, Um, the next editorial decision that I have to make. But as I said, I also read a lot of very unrelated stuff, Uh, you know, history books, I read about politics, I read, uh, you know, novels. uh, um, and, And that oftentimes gives me a lot of very interesting ideas. You know, many of those ideas, you cannot implement them. Uh, right away. Uh, but those ideas stick with you. And I often would rewrite, you know, just, just a paragraph on, on something that I read uh, uh, with with the hope that someday, you know, there would be some uh, interesting data uh, uh, through which I could potentially, uh, you know, examine uh, these, uh, these issues. Uh, you know, uh, anthropology. Uh, so yeah, there are lots of my, my ideas primarily, I would say, come uh, from reading very unrelated uh, stuff. In fact, when I start writing my papers, you know, uh, the initial set of references that I write for my own uh, reference are mostly from, you know, very random sources, which I don't even include at a uh, later stage. Um, hmm, yeah.
0: Interesting. And do, do you work every day? Do you write every day?
1: I uh, work every day. Obviously, we don't have a choice. I try to sort of, you know, structure. Uh, in a way that I'm able to uh, do more justice to, you know, my kids and give them more time. So Sundays, you know, go in watching football. (laughs) Um, So that's, uh, but yeah, I still would try and find time in the night. I used to write every day for my, you know, uh, about my own uh, research, but I don't get that much time uh, in recent, you know, past few years. Uh, But I try to, yeah. I mean, if you're talking of writing from the point of view of research, I'm not writing every day. But, you know, Editorial decisions so or something, uh, yeah. So there is. I work every day,
0: yeah. Now uh, uh, you had the best dissertation proposal. You had the best dissertation. So I, I want to ask your if patient when it comes to you and asks for the next uh, dissertation, which is going to uh, get, get these type of awards, uh, can you give one or two ideas for dissertation in IV for a scholar uh, who is interested in following your footsteps?
1: Yeah, you, you know, uh, and that's I think what I'm going to say is not just true for IB, but uh, you know, social science field as 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 general, uh, we have to be uh, uh, responsive to the things which are happening in the in the real world. In the IB field, you know, the global events of uh, past couple of years, and in fact, some of the more recent events, um, and, you know, they have forced us to rethink the whole rationale behind you know many issues that we we examine in 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 our field for example what is the successful model of uh, multinational network based organizations or you know something which is just a very porous uh, 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 and fragile set of connections which can be easily broken and easily reestablished um, the roles and responsibilities of multinationals and corporations you know beyond making profit uh, social responsibility sustainability so you know depending on whether you are interested in micro area or macro area Uh, digitization, um, um, you know, there are lots of uh, very interesting uh, uh, topics, Uh, sustainability, the technological cold war, uh, the new technologies which are impacting businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think many of these issues, we have very superficial understanding, primarily based on what has been written in the uh, uh, media uh, press. Uh, you know, business magazines, but not so much research-based. And I think that's where the real ideas can really uh, come out or potential new avenues for research.
0: True, true. Um, About the evolution in the field uh, from what it was uh, when you were going through the program and what it is right now, what can you say about evolution of the IB uh, as a field?
1: I think... uh... And that might be, you know, uh, you see things only uh, from your own uh, time window. So, you know, I'm I'm seeing more uh, of the work which is coming out from the people which were in my own cohort, right? I'm more closely connected with them. But in general, I think IB scholars are becoming uh, more bold. Uh, if I could use the word uh, bold in the issues that they examine, uh, in the approaches that they adopt to study uh, those issues. Uh, They are, uh, you know, breaking away from the traditional approaches to scholarship, Uh, for example, you know, constantly uh, challenging the assumptions of, uh, you know, what is known uh, using new data, um, new methods, uh, you know, there's lots of potential uh, uh, in uh, big data and and the associated methods, which many, uh, you know, very emerging scholars have started to look at and just presenting more diverse viewpoints on the on the table. I think we have come a long way in, um, you know, uh, being responsive to the issues of importance rather than always looking at the uh, rear view mirror, which is what, you know, uh, many IB and strategy scholars are often um, accused of and rightly so. So um, I think that is where, uh, you know, I see, uh, I see change. People are willing to take risks, people are more, uh, uh, open to the opportunities which are available around the world. You know, in a North American model, you have to follow a certain process and a step in order, for example, to get tenure. But, uh, you know, people are willing to move to other places where they can pursue their passion in terms of research. I think that is a very welcome change. Um, mm-hmm. uh, to some extent, globalization has actually afforded us.
0: Sure. Uh, Ajay, uh, about the, what was the best advice you received when you were going through the PhD program?
1: You know, I had (laughs) really very uh, good uh, mentoring. Um, I think uh, my advisor, Andrew, uh, he would always uh, uh, insist on uh, knowing the problems that you are examining. So understanding of the context in which you are doing research um, and not just, you know, taking the data and, (laughs) you know, running uh, regressions uh, on, on on data to, uh, you know, uh, come up with hypothesis and you know, models and so on. But uh, um, beyond that, you know, uh, I think what is also very important, uh, which I have learned uh, through my own, you know, failed uh, experiences, is to have a lot of patience. I think that's really important in our field. I started a lot of projects, you know, I'll send them out. Uh, and. Uh, Um, I'll get rejections (laughs) and then I'll just, uh, you know, put them aside. Uh, I have so many, uh, you know, papers which are totally complete, but, uh, you know, they were rejected a few times, then I just lost patience with them and I started on other projects and they're still lying on my desk. I sometimes pick some of them if I have opportunity to use new data to test those ideas, but I think patience is really important and uh, going deep into uh, the issues that you're examining is equally important.
0: I mean, it can be in your current institution or in other institutions or in context that you've seen uh, junior faculty or PhD students run into these uh, problems. What are some of the common mistakes that you see young uh, young colleagues make um, about uh, handling their car- careers or their research agenda?
1: <laughs> I think, so So there are two ways to look at it. And uh, to some extent, they might contradictory. Uh, uh, one, uh, I would say is, uh, to really think what kind of a scholar you want to be, uh, you know, uh, based, again, on, you know, uh, your own understanding of yourself, your capabilities, and uh, how far you want to go. So, um, you know, as a junior uh, uh, faculty member or a doctoral student, we really have to think very hard, where do we want to see ourselves in five, ten years, because that would, you know, to an extent, determine, for example, the type of dissertation you want to do. The amount of time you want to spend in collecting a new data set versus just, you know, uh, running your models based off existing databases, you know, both approaches are fine. There is no, um, I'm not putting a, you know, value judgment on uh, either of them, but but that would be the first step. So, you know, spending uh, some time uh, and when I'm saying some time, you know, three to six months or even a year. Uh, to patiently thinking about, uh, where do you want to take yourself? Uh, And of course, you're not just sitting idle when you're thinking, you know, of these things. Uh, But I think, uh, you know, um, equally important, uh, or perhaps uh, even more important in general terms, is not to become too serious. And that's why I said it's perhaps, you know, somewhat contradictory. Uh, uh, Sometimes we take ourselves too seriously. I think, you know, uh, humility is very important. But, uh, not being serious also means you know you pick up a subject you work on it and if it's not working out you know it's all right that's not the end of life you can pick up something else and you know you can start on you know uh, some other projects, some other topics uh, sometimes we get quite a bit stuck on you know uh, the ideas the very first idea or first, first few sets of ideas that we have that we're not able to break from them you know the data set that we collected over a year you know uh, if it's not working out uh, move on Um, And that's what I mean by, you know, not being too serious about uh, who we are, because in the end, it's also about having fun. And, you know, I think if we uh, stop taking ourselves a little bit less seriously, we can probably enjoy the process a lot more.
0: Uh, Along the way, which skills were more difficult to develop uh, in your opinion? I mean, everyone goes through literature, everyone goes through the methods, but there are the skills that are needed. Uh, In in your opinion, what is more difficult, more valuable?
1: Yeah, you know, so IB is an interdisciplinary field, excuse me, where we examine a lot of, you know, issues uh, based on the phenomenon that we, uh, that we observe. Now, if you want to make really solid contributions, uh, uh, you know, on, on these, on these issues, uh, one needs to have deep understanding of, uh, you know, one of the core uh, disciplines. I think, uh, uh, perhaps because of the structure of our departments, you know, the training that uh, many doctors, friends receive, uh, they often lack, uh, you know, such uh, disciplinary expertise or focus, which then makes it uh, somewhat difficult. I would not say, you know, impossible, very difficult, but you know, uh, somewhat challenging to make novel uh, contributions. So. Um, uh, you know, even if uh, the doctoral program does not afford uh, you know you to have uh, deep focus in a disciplinary uh, area, it's you know very much possible to do uh, on your own. So that that would be uh, that is something that I would you know advise people. I mean, if you are interested in uh, institutional theory, for example, then don't just uh, you know read the papers which are published in IB journals. You know, go and read the sociology journals to understand. You know, if that's the approach you want to take, go and read the econ journals if you want to un- understand the econ-based approach. It's uh, um, Yeah, I think uh, having the deep knowledge of, uh, you know, key disciplines uh, from which we borrow our theories uh, becomes very important when we are trying to make novel theoretical contributions. Perfect,
0: thank you. Uh, the last question, what's the question that I should have asked you about Evans?
1: You know, lots of things, Uh, there are lots of things I struggle with. uh, And you could have asked uh, any of those uh, work-life balance, uh, you know, my future plans. uh, um, I don't have answer to any of those questions, unfortunately. I, you know, as I said, I struggle with those things on a daily basis on work-life balance. uh, uh, Really, there's no balance. It's all work, you know, at least for us in our family, uh, which which works fine, you know, because we understand uh, the um, you know what is needed, and uh, my kids so far have been very, you know, um, understanding of the work that we do. Uh, if I'm sitting in my office, they would, you know, not come and uh, and bother me. But I think you know that's really uh, an important aspect to to take out time for yourself and uh, you know to have fun in life because uh, academic profession can be uh, very lonely. It often is very lonely, and for that reason, uh, you know. Uh, Having good relationships with, uh, for example, your co-authors so that for instance, when you're discussing work, you're not just discussing work, you're also having fun. Uh, I think that becomes very important because we can you know, then uh, take out some of our stress in our work environment as well. Um, future plans, you know, a lot of things I want to do. Uh, I really enjoy uh, being in this field uh, uh, and being in the academic profession. And I think I want to contribute to the field. Uh, I'm already doing a lot of service, but I think I do have some, you know, good ideas that would uh, help, uh, you know, scholarship uh, around the world, connecting um, uh, people who are relatively disadvantaged, even in our academy. I mean, if you look at AIB, uh, you know, the AIB membership is just uh, about 3,000 people. Uh, Before the pandemic, uh, we started uh, academic society, emerging market society, uh, which had uh, very similar plans, uh, you know, uh, uh, about the things which many associations are doing now which is to use technology to connect people uh, you know who do not have access uh, to uh, stuff for example they can come to AIB. so so yes so that's already happening which is which is very nice but i think there is still a lot of scope to uh, you know um, bring uh, a scholarship from um, these relatively un um, connected, less connected uh, areas to the mainstream. And I would really like to, you know, make some efforts there and um, contribute to the community. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Ajay, thank you so much for this interview. I enjoyed it. I learned a lot. Uh, I'm sure the audience will agree with me. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, Yvgas. Appreciate it.